Ladies and gentlemen, the RPA family would like to wish you and your loved ones a very happy and safe holiday season. Oh yeah, we love you. Enjoy the show. This is Elder Sign, host of Cycle Realms on WMF Tampa 88.5 FM. And RPA presents Terry's Mysterious Moments. Good evening. And welcome to Terry's Mysterious Moments. I want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the program. Now, on with tonight's show. Snow. A mysterious, wonderful, irritating, joyful, strange freak of nature made boring only by months of it at one time, or by listening to scientists who give talks on how snow comes into being. Those of you who live in snow-prone areas know how painful it can be. Urban dwellers have it a bit easier than rural dwellers, usually because those really rural dwellers can possibly get snowed in for long periods of time. Those of us who live in areas where snow is light, if it happens at all, go positively bonkers when it falls. I live in South Texas, and this past Thursday, we got about two inches of snow that night. Of course, it was like a considerate guest. It didn't stay long and it didn't cause many problems while it was here. It was fat, fluffy snow, very wet. So it was little more than falling slush. But down through the years, Snow has been a part of many strange stories, some simply odd and some truly strange. The Strange Disappearance of Oliver Lurch December 24, 1890 A party was going strong at Tom Lurch's house and farm in South Bend, Indiana. The local Methodist minister was in attendance, as was a lawyer from Chicago. The two Lurch boys, Oliver 20 and Jim 23, were paying attention to the lawyer's daughter. Outside the snowfall had stopped and the sky cleared. The landscape was beautiful and the brilliant moon lit it up brightly. At about 10 p.m., 
Oliver was asked to go out to the well for some fresh water. So grabbing two buckets and donning a warm coat, Oliver headed out the door. A few minutes passed and suddenly Oliver's screams for help broke up the party. Several of the partygoers rushed outside to help Oliver but Oliver was nowhere to be found. They could hear his screams for help coming from somewhere above them in the sky. Help! Help! It's got me! The group heard Oliver yelling. Then all was quiet. Friends and neighbors were quickly called in and the farm and surrounding area was searched but Oliver was nowhere to be found. They did find his footprints in the snow. They stopped about halfway to the well and at that spot one of the buckets was also found. The records of this incident were found in the records of the South Bend Police. The highly credible witnesses give much credence to the story. One discrepancy in the witness stories, though, was that some reported Oliver's cry was, It's got me, and others said he said, He's got me, or they've got me, I'm sorry, they've got me. Oliver Lurch was never seen again. But his story is often repeated, and in various forms. In another version of the story, the boy's name is Oliver Larch, L-A-R-C-H, not L-E-R-C-H, as the previous story. And he is only 11, not 20. His father's name is Matthew, not Tom. And this story adds another prestigious guest to the party of celebrants, a circuit judge. And the year was given as 1889, not 1890. But the story was pretty similar in most respects. It would seem that snow blankets and covers many things. In this case, it would cover the source of the story. The first version of the story comes from a September 1950 issue of Fate magazine written by Joseph Rosenberger. He didn't list his source, but there was an earlier version from 1906 in, of all things, the Honolulu Star Advertiser of November 4th, 1906. The stories pretty much jibe with minor differences. But my main question is, why would a story that happened in a snowstorm in South Bend, Indiana, wind up in a Honolulu, Hawaii newspaper years later? That doesn't make sense to me. Here's a further problem. 
no lurch or larch, family or farm, existed in South Bend during this time period. No report of such an incident exists in the police records of South Bend, Indiana. So where did the story come from? Was Oliver Larch or Oliver Lurch a real person? Was he a, a, a type of a real person? The actual story is older and fictional and comes from none other than a master of the mysterious, one Mr. Ambrose Bierce. He wrote a story titled Charles Ashmore's Trail, a fictional story, quote, based on a supposedly true story, unquote. The stories of Charles Ashmore and Oliver Larch or Lurch are very similar, very, very similar stories indeed. At this point, our pretty snow blanket is back to pristine. Let's look further. In February of 18, 1855, a heavy snowfall occurred around the of the XEXE estuary in East and South Devon in England. I'm sorry if I tore that name up. The following morning, a series of footprints were found covering an area ranging anywhere from 40 to 100 miles, all in a straight line, and over all sorts of obstacles, haystacks, houses, walls, small drainage pipes, open fields. The area where the prints appeared extended from Exmouth up to Topsham and across the X estuary to Dawlish and Tynemouth. Tynemouth. Reports added Totnes and Torquay and others include Weymouth or Dorset and Lincolnshire. Again, the snow makes the story mysterious. Study in the clear, <laughs> clear light of day seems to indicate that the prints belong to any of a number of small animals, from mice up to and including donkeys. The footprints were in the shape of a hoof and the investigators said that a certain type of hopping mouse leaves a print similar to this cloven hoof look that they were talking about. They even blamed, back then, poor balloons, they even blamed a runaway balloon that was dragging two metal shackles which apparently were creating the hoof print looking things. Uh, shackles were something to keep the balloon tied down. Uh, there's not much credence to that story because 
how could a balloon go in such a fashion as to cover all of the area that was in, that was uh, involved. Others blame the sightings on simple mass hysteria or misidentification of prints. Our snow blanket is a bit muddled at this point. One of the most well-known snow-related mysteries is the abominable snowman. I won't go into great detail on this since the story of the abominable is one of those yes it does, no it doesn't situations. Does it exist or not? Suffice it to say that much of the evidence of the bumble, thank you Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer for that, Mostly, most, much of the evidence of the bumble is a series of footprints in our favorite medium, snow. Found many times in the Himalayas and in other places of high altitude, lots of snow. Few sightings have been reported, even fewer photo opportunities have presented themselves, but the prints have been documented. They have been cast and they have been photographed and they have been sized. The final snow related story is that of the is, the, is that of the Dyatlov Pass incident. The incident when I first read about it gave me an uneasy Blair Witch feeling and I felt a familiar tugging on one of my legs. But this was apparently a very real snow-related mystery. In February of 1959, in the northern Urals of what was then the USSR, we now call Russia, which was Russia before the USSR, nine seasoned ski hikers were found dead in a series of inexplicable accidents in and around their campsite on the slopes of Kolat Siakal. I don't know if I spelled that or pronounced that right. It was a mountainside in Russia in the northern Urals. Something occurred which drove these people out of their tents and caused them to rip through the sides of the tents not go out through the doors but rip through the sides of their tents and they were in various states of undress of the nine six were dead from hypothermia which made sense because some of them were found a, a good distance from the camp clad only in like underwear uh, type clothing nothing to keep them from the, the cold. Three were dead from physical trauma. One had a fractured skull. Another had brain damage but no skull damage. And the third was found to be missing their eyes and tongue. After much investigation no legitimate reason for the situation was given. No idea how these people died. 
No idea why these people died. And no great explanation for the condition that they were found in. Snow. Beautiful. Fun. Wonderful. Mysterious. What awaits in the snow? As always, you can contact me at Terry's Mysterious Moments on Facebook or Terry's Mysterious Moments at gmail.com if you have comments, if you have stories, if you have questions. I would like to hear from you. That's all I have for this week. I hope you enjoy it. Remember to listen to RPA on Monday. Listen to Aaron's Horror Show on Tuesday. And of course, listen to us on Wednesday. At this time, I would like to take a moment to wish each and every one of you a happy Christmas season, happy holidays all around, and wish you a very profitable and great new year. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.